Today, Trump trumps his opponents in Iowa. So what happens next? We have got the scoop for you and more, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez and along for the ride I have Stu Bergier, host of Stu Does America and Pat Gray, host of Pat Gray Unleashed. Yes, I know the fan favorite Pat and Stu show. So excited to have you guys here uh, to discuss something you've probably talked about for hours already today. So I'm sure you are also very excited to talk about it. Um, before we get into that, though, I want to remind everyone, we just made the announcement yesterday, but for those of you who may have missed it, um, and just to clear up any discrepancies, because I know there were some some questions. So uh, we came back from break, from Christmas break, and I told you guys that we had some big plans, but I couldn't reveal them to you yet. Well, we can now tell you that um, this show is going to look a lot different. It's going to feel a little different. It's going to be located somewhere differently, like Beyond that wall, I'm actually going to be Stu's neighbor. Ooh. Yeah. Moving to the neighborhood? Yes. Property values going down. (laughs) (laughs) You said that because I'm brown. Oh, my gosh. Yes, you caught me. (laughs) You caught me, but you're white passing. That's true. I am. I am. Thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, It's why I got hired. Um, So if you are subscribed to this on YouTube or wherever you get your audio podcast, you don't have to do anything else. You will still be subscribed to the new show, which is Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered. We are premiering it uh, Monday, January 29th, and we are changing. We're a little bit different on the time. So you will see this at 7 p.m. Eastern rather than 6 p.m. Eastern. Just so you know, we will be on uh, right before Stu Does America, right? I'm so excited. Yeah. You're a neighbor in multiple ways. Yeah. The studio next door, the time yeah. slot next yeah. door. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm, oh, I'm Stu's opener, Yeah, actually. <laughs> wow, so. what an illustrious. <laughs> <laughs> they probably didn't tell you that before you signed the contract. Yeah. Like, oh, you're going to be in front of Stu. I'm rethinking my life choices <laughs> now. No, I'm kidding. It's going to be really fun. Um, the new set is almost ready to go. Um, we've got a lot of fun things in store for you guys. So you will just see us, if you are watching us on any sort of live stream or Pluto TV, you'll see us at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, rather than the time slot that you're used to. But if you're subscribed to us on YouTube uh, or audio podcasts, you don't have to do anything different. It's just going to, boom, Monday, January 29th, it's going to look different. All right, so just make sure uh, you look out for that. Fun things to come. We're really excited. And uh, on to your regularly scheduled programming. Uh, The results are in. Are you guys ready? What happened? You didn't. I forgot to check. I know. You didn't. I know, I know you were not prepared for this. Uh, Trump, Donald Trump won the Iowa caucus. What? By nearly 30 percentage points, making it the largest margin of victory in Iowa GOP history. Of course, beating Bob Dole's 1988 record of 12 points. So those are, they were not close. No. It, was not, it was not what you would call close. Uh, approximately 120,000 voters turned out uh, far below the record of 187,000, but it was also minus 37 degrees with wind chill. So let's go through these percentages here. Uh, Trump at 51%, DeSantis coming in second at 20, 51%, DeSantis at 21%, Haley at 19%, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy at 7.7%, and Asa Hutchinson, yeah. look at that, 0.2% to Woo! Asa, wow. Great job. Just, uh, you just left out of that graphic um, our man Ryan Binkley. Bink. 
Bink- Binkley. Binkley, the, yes. The big bink, yeah. uh, who had 0.7% and actually more than tripled Ace Hutchinson, the former governor of Arkansas. Actually, you're right. That I, That's incredible. Why do they leave him out of that graph? They left him out of all the graphs, but when, once he finishes ahead of Hutchinson, you have to insert him in the graph. Yeah. Like, I hate to disturb the graphics department there, but you got to... <laughs> You got to insert him in the graph at that point, don't you, Sarah? I, I think so. I mean, Ryan Binkley, I would like to say his vote, vote, votes. Let's see. Uh, yeah. his, he has 13 votes. I would like to say that's that they a, came from the News and Why It Matters. I think they probably did. <laughs> they did have him on the show, yeah. That's 13 votes in one county, Sarah. I mean, he had hundreds. Yeah, 774 oh, Yeah, that's a great point. How many? 774. Really? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, how about he that? He must have had a strong ground game in Iowa. Right. He actually did do a lot. I mean, I he had, I we this, had to he did do a lot of events. He had to have. 200 events in the last uh, couple months. Uh, so, uh, yeah, look, I mean, he actually has been running for a long time. We yeah. discussed him at the very beginning of this. And, uh, you know, hey, he didn't make a... L- I gotta say, it's actually impressive that he beat Asa Hutchinson. I know this is not the focus of the story, probably not what we should be leading with, but it is <laughs> kind of impressive for some guy that people didn't really know to beat a former governor and a guy who's in the Bush administration. I yeah. mean, he, it's sad for Asa, who, by the way, you know, has uh, has more news today. Yes, I know. Yeah, and we will get into. Sh- no, I know. I didn't want to. I don't want to upset anyone too soon. Okay, I don't. It's too much bad news. Yeah, exactly. To be fair. Um, so Trump won 98 of the 99 counties in Iowa. Um, of course, the the 99th went to Nikki Haley. Uh, this is what Johnson County over in Iowa, um, and he lost only by one vote. So that was very interesting. It was the strongest performance in the caucus's 50-year history, and exit polling showed on every demographic and issue, Trump prevailed as the favorite, usually by double digits. Uh, He won those who consider themselves very conservative by 58%, rural voters by the same 58%. Uh, 80% of caucus goers said the Trump indictments and legal woes are partisan attacks, which of course is correct. Uh, The immigration issue was polled to be the top issue among Iowa GOP voters, and Trump won those most concerned about it by 36 points. For those most worried about the economy, he won by 33 points. And for voters who valued a strong leader with sufficient mental capabilities, uh, Trump won by 28 points. Um, And I want to play Donald Trump post-caucus after he was declared the winner, which came rather quickly, and we can talk about that too. But I want to play Donald Trump um, actually, I think, extending an olive branch to his primary opponents here. Watch. I want to thank you very much. I want to congratulate Ron and Nikki for having a, a good a good time together. We're all having a good time together. And uh, I think they both actually did very well. I really do. I think they both did very well. We don't even know what the outcome of second place is. And uh, I see Carrie Lake. Congratulations, Carrie. Very good. I spotted her, I have to announce, because she's terrific. She's going to be a... Senator, great senator, on being predict, right? You're going to be a great senator. <laughs> and uh, I also want to congratulate Vivek because he did a hell of a job. He came from uh, zero and he's uh, got a big percent, probably 8%, almost 8%, and that's a, an amazing job. They all did. They're all very smart, very smart people, very capable people. Speaking of Vivek, he mentioned, uh, Vivek did suspend his presidential campaign last night. And I'm sure you guys will be shocked to hear that he did put his, uh, he endorsed Donald Trump. What? 
I really thought it was going to be Asa Hutchinson. I did too. I thought he was an Asa guy. I think it was. I think it was close, and he flipped a coin, and he said, "I'm going Trump." Um, But here is Vivek uh, dropping out of the 2024 election. Watch. And so, Porv and I, we we actually didn't make this contingency plan before everybody told us to. We said, "No, we're not doing that." But we talked about it tonight. We took a little bit of time in our apartment in Des Moines before coming here to make some hard choices. And I wanted to make a couple of announcements tonight to get the business out of the way. And then I want to tell you where we're going. As of this moment, we are going to suspend this presidential campaign. And I'm also making the decision that this has to be an America first candidate in that White House. As I've said since the beginning, there are two America first candidates in this race. And earlier tonight, I called Donald Trump to tell him that I Congratulate him on his victory. And now going forward, he will have my full endorsement for the presidency. That's well, fascinating um, because, you know, we still don't know who the vice president pick is. Um, we don't know if it's going to be one of the people who are still in the race. We don't know if it was going to be Vivek. Um, I know the rumors are that it's going to be Haley, which makes me want to vomit. Um, but Vivek is now uh, stepping aside and Donald Trump will pick up his, I would imagine, Donald Trump will pick up his percentage points. You'd think most of them at least. I don't know who else they would go to. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, he sounded a heck of a lot like Donald Trump. Um, and he said Donald Trump was the greatest president of his lifetime. So, Which I feel like is a weird argument to make when you're running for president. It is a weird argument to make. <laughs> In fact, he wouldn't even criticize him when Trump called him disloyal yeah. and uh, and deceitful. And he was like, well, the, Trump's advisors gave him bad advice on that <laughs> post. But yeah, because Donald Trump wouldn't post something bad about you. Um, it was weird. I, you know, I mean, I think there's something to say about Vivek, right? Yeah. If you step back with just talking about Vivek from, from zero to 60 here is pretty impressive, right? Like he went from nowhere. No one knew who he was outside of a couple of Glenn Beck interviews. Uh, to a guy who got 8% in the mm-hmm. Iowa caucuses, and that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty good communicator. Mm-hmm. He has something to offer for the movement. I think he's got a future probably in the Trump administration uh, if he wants it. Um, so that's so that's something. Mm-hmm. What spot? Um, it's a good question. I mean, the, the VP role is tossed around. I don't know how much deeply you want to go into the VP speculation here, but, you know, that's tossed around. I don't know. He would be a really good surrogate. He would be able to make the arguments on all the cable news shows. That's something that Trump likes. He's well-spoken. I don't know that he seems to also, though, have enough flash and attention getting to maybe draw attention and spotlight away from Trump, which I don't think he likes that much. Um, also, yeah. you know, some of his his problems that he occasionally goes into, maybe some conspiratorial type stuff. That stuff Hell yeah. probably doesn't, yeah, I know. <laughs> that stuff probably doesn't bother Trump that much. That's no. the type of stuff he can roll right through. So yeah. mm-hmm. some of the negatives, I, I can't imagine Vivek as a, as a VP for any, anyone else. Uh, that being said, my guess is he goes some, it's something else. You know, someone, I, I was talking about this a, a little bit uh, earlier, and I, this is, sounds like a knock, so let me make it two, two ways. I'll first say it in the insulting fashion, which is he's sort of the Pete Buttigieg of this campaign. Ooh. Now, I know that sucks for him, Ooh. and he'd be mad at hearing that. But, like, he's a guy who came out of nowhere, had a moment, right? He had a moment in this campaign. A little polarizing to, to people watching him. 
And he was able to maybe turn this into a, a, a good gig in the administration. You know, Mayor Pete screwing us all over in transportation, but it's a good gig for him. Um, the, the nicer way to say that is Ben Carson, right? Yeah. Ben Carson kind of the same way. I mean, he was famous sort of for other things, but, you know, had a moment in the primaries and went up going into the administration. That might be him. It's a little, in, uh, the reason Buttigieg popped to mind first is not because I think um, Vivek's an idiot, because I do think that about um, Buttigieg, but it, it's because uh, he's very, you know, he's young. He may very well be a younger direction for the party. If yeah. the party's going to uh -huh. be a Donald Trump party, somebody yeah. is going to have to hold that torch after Donald Trump goes away, and maybe it is Vivek. Yeah, um, Pat, I thought it was fascinating. I mean, I want to get your overall take from last night, but to Stu's point, I did also think it was fascinating that Vivek, I think he was, look, I've been, I have been one to say I don't always trust what Vivek says, yes. right? I, there's a lot of showmanship involved. There's a lot of it feels like uh, over-rehearsed, uh, you know, speeches. But I did believe him in the moment where he said that, that we did not have a contingency plan. Mm -hmm. And um, his wife looked very emotional. She was like trying, she was holding back tears. And I thought in that moment, like, wow, they really were all in, it felt like, at least to me. I mean, for as yeah. much as we wanted to say he's just in there to, you know, for Trump, as a Trump plant, it didn't sound like it in that moment. That looked very genuine. I, I think he knew from the beginning this wasn't going to go where, you know, there's 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. He wasn't going to go there. Right. But what he did was raise his profile. Yeah, he tremendously. He let America know about him. He's... He showed us how well-spoken he is, how conservative he is, how, uh, how he can get into people's faces mm -hmm. without, you know, raising his voice mm -hmm. or coming unglued. I mean, he's really good yeah. at, at stating his points of view. He's really good at it. And so, you know, maybe 2028, 2032, I mean, 2036, who knows? Yeah. But he's somebody to keep an eye on down the road. And of course, for this administration, I'm sure he'll have a place with Trump um, because he's been incredibly loyal. Yeah. But um, I think as for the outcome last night, I think we all saw this. This was kind of a foregone conclusion. Yeah. That Trump was going to win. He was going to win by 30. And the real battle was between DeSantis and Haley for second. And fortunately, DeSantis took second. Uh, and uh, Haley, you know, she might make up for that in New Hampshire, though. Mm. Um, she's only... Does it matter, I saw, though? I saw... Yeah, I don't know. I, when she loses next week, um, I think <laughs> that might be it yeah. for her. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I will say she's got a shot at winning New Hampshire. I mean, a, a poll it's came out... seven points back. A poll came out today that it was 40 to 40. Wow. Um, so... 40 40? Yeah, that's with Christie out. It's one of the first polls wow. with Christie out of the race. Um, wow. Where he was pulling like 12%. Right. So. I don't know that she's going to win it, but she, look, the, it's built for her, right? The, we're talking about independents and moderates coming in. It's not really a Republican right. primary. Yes. It's going to be a little misleading. But, I mean, these candidates deserve a right to play this out. And, you know, Nikki Haley's going to go to New Hampshire. If she wins New Hampshire, the next state is South Carolina. There's a month in between. Mm -hmm. And in, in that month, you know, it's her home state. She's already at 25% of the vote there. So could she close that gap and win South Carolina? I mean, I don't think it's impossible. The, the problem is I don't know where she goes from there. Um, maybe the momentum carriers, car carries her, and I think that's her philosophy, right? Go out there, hopefully win New Hampshire, maybe come in a close second, go to South Carolina, maybe keep it close there, and then you have an maybe. argument to go on. Um, yeah. She deserves a right to play that out. You know, I think you know, people are all over DeSantis. The Wall Street Journal called it for DeSantis to drop out today. But it's like... 
What does it hurt? It, it's right. his decision. I can right. understand why he might want to drop out. He spent a lot of time, a lot of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like at the end of the day, it's not hurting Donald Trump to have to wait another couple months no. to have no op- no challengers other no. than Binkley. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, to me, it's like. I don't know. It seems like a waste of time. Yeah. Like if if it were I me, I wouldn't bother wasting my time. Um, and it's hard. Trump is clearly the nominee, and all you Haley people and DeSantis people, and yes, even Asa Hutchinson people, Chris Christie people, all of you guys. I expect to see all of you at the polls. Okay, in the general, voting for Donald Trump because I'm tired of hearing this never Trump BS. Um, guess what? It's either that or Joe Biden at the end of the day, if Donald Trump ends mm-hmm. up, you know, taking what I believe he is going to take um, in the primary. Notice so she just counts out Ryan Binkley. Yeah, <laughs> just counts him out. <laughs> just yeah. just, just to brush him to the side. Brush him to the side. The guy ex- won't even seriously consider him. No. <laughs> After he placed fifth last night. Yeah. Fifth. Fifth. I will say he was a uh, very uh, nice Mannerly gentleman. Um, yeah. When I met him, he he's was from here too. Yeah, right? yeah, he yeah, is. From the he Metroplex. Is. Yeah, I'm sure he's a, a very, nice guy. He's yeah. a very nice it's, guy. It's just uh, he did not get a lot of coverage. The fact that what's this is really not even. <laughs> Ryan Binkley should be mad that Asa Hutchinson overshadowed him in all of these results. Exactly. Yeah. Because I mean, he when got he beat better. him. Exactly. He beat him, and I think like that's that's what who's being made fun of here is Asa Hutchinson. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the point. Um, all right, let's go ahead, and I want to. Um, we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, I want to talk about kind of the. Uh, the media's reaction to Donald Trump securing a historic victory in Iowa. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Preborn. So last year, because of you guys, our audience, Preborn's network of clinics saw over 58,000 babies saved. So thank you so much to all of you guys who made this possible. Those of you who have not heard about Preborn yet, uh, what Preborn does is they have this network of clinics that are often um, in these very high abortion rate areas. Oftentimes they're actually like right next door to these abortion clinics. And once they can convince a woman to come into their clinic, um, instead of being told the lie that this is just a clump of cells in their body and it t- it's totally fine if you just, you know, just take these pills and it'll all be okay, don't worry, it's just cells, they're actually shown the truth, which is this is an actual baby inside you and it's your baby. And oftentimes, um, I think it's like when they show them the baby on the ultrasound, it doubles the baby's chance at life because it's a life-changing moment. I know you guys know it's a life-changing moment when you go in there and you see the baby on the ultrasound and you hear the baby's heartbeat. It is just something inside that mom goes, wow, this is my baby and I have to keep it. So if you guys can spare $28 a month, it can be the difference between the life and death of a child. Um, So if you can spare that, please help us. We're out to save the babies and as many as possible. So you can go to preborn.com slash Sarah to donate, or you can dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That is preborn.com slash Sarah. All right, so obviously um, it was not a shock that Donald Trump won in Iowa. Um, But the media was heavily criticized last night for calling the race in favor of Trump with just, I think it was like less than 1% of the vote in when these races started uh, being called and before some Iowans had even had the chance to vote. Now, the decision desk HQ called it with only 1,000 votes Mm. counted. 
And what was fascinating to me was when I was watching, I mean, we were watching, we were kind of flipping through, but we were flipping through um, CNN, Fox News. And what was fascinating to me was that CNN kept saying, we can now project Donald Trump the winner based on entrance polls. And I thought to myself, I mean, look, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, but what if I, I'm, Trump might not win? I mean, I was pretty uh, confident that Trump was going to win. But it did strike me as odd that you would use an entrance poll at an Iowa caucus where the entire point of entrance is that someone could change your mind, right? Like the entire point is that your mind might be changed. So I did think it was odd that they would use entrance polling to project a winner. And they called it at 7.33 Central Time. Yeah, it was wild. 7.33. People hadn't even voted yet. They were still doing their meetings. They were still trying to discuss it with people. And so, did that suppress the vote for others? It might have. I don't know. He still would have won. Exactly. And that's what, like, the outcome would not have been different. It sucks for for people who hadn't voted yet. Yeah. And that's what, so so that's what I'm asking is, like, is that, is that, um, uh, is that a journalism problem? And if so, how long should they wait before they, that's what I'm saying, like, do they have a, do they have a responsibility to wait until everyone is done voting before they start reporting this stuff? I mean, look, as, as we live in a country with a First Amendment, they can pretty much say whatever they want. Yeah. They can guess if they want, in theory. Um, uh, my, I, they, shouldn't ha- they should have different standards, though. I mean, I think an hour at least is probably appropriate. They don't need to wait till for three hours to call right. it, but an hour gives enough time for at least a lot of stuff to go on. I mean, t- just think about from these poor people's uh, standpoints. They have walked around yep. this state for an entire year, mm-hmm. knocking on doors, working their asses off, to become these precinct captains. This is their big moment. Yeah. Their big moment to make this speech to try to win these people over. Yeah. And as they're about to make the speech, they get a text that Trump's already won. Yeah. And they brave That's just rude. 15 yeah. below zero. Right. 15 below With zero. A 40 below chill temperature right. or whatever it was. Wrong, right? And it's over. And there's no reason for it. I mean, what does that do for the Associated Press? I mean, you know, look, Decision Desk is, you know, a really good outfit. They do really good work. But, like, I, you know, I... I just don't think it's the right thing to do. And I will say, like, normally this is, is easy because you have polls close at 8. At 8.01, they can project it because they know, mm-hmm. look, they know, like, we all know who's going to win Mississippi in the next presidential election. They know, we know now. So we don't, ha- it, there's no need to count a vote. Everyone knows what's going to happen. They can do the exit polls, entry polls, but honestly, they already know who's going to win. You want to project it at 8.01 with no votes cast? Fine, because no one is voting anymore. You're not affecting anything. And while you're right, Donald Trump was not going to lose Iowa. The big story here was what was happening for second place. If you're a Haley supporter, you're thinking what happened there. But honestly, in my mind, I think it's more of the DeSantis argument that if DeSantis adds four points to where he is, right, Mm -hmm. and and takes four points away from Trump, it's a different narrative, Mm -hmm. right? Like if he finishes at 25, 26 and Trump finishes at 47 and it's a 21 point gap instead of 30, like that's a different story. And it looks better. He he outdoes, like, so could that have happened? Maybe. I mean, probably not, but it's possible. You know, it's possible. If you already, you know, one thing I've noticed over the past, you know, six months or so watching this all develop is the real affinity for people to be on the side of the winner. Mm. And like, look, mm-hmm. I, as an Eagles fan, I don't have any interest in that. I'd rather be on the side of the losing team. Um, Sam. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that worked out really well for you It really you did. Last, last night. night, it was Good. great. It was perfect for me. Yeah. But like, you know, there is that thing where like, we had a guy who lives, on, uh, who lives near us who had a DeSantis sign up. And, you know, look, this is when DeSantis was doing really well. One day I noticed it was down. 
And so we talked to him, like, so what's going on? He's like, oh, obvious reasons. And his obvious reasons were he had faded in the polls before a vote had been cast. And it's like, well, are you picking, are you trying to predict the winner or are you picking the guy you think would be the best president? That's just part of this. So I think if someone comes out and says Trump won and you're on the fence between DeSantis and Trump and you're sitting in that caucus, like, why not go with a winner? Yeah, Yeah. that's a great point. Um, I want to play before we before we go here. I want to play the uh, coverage that you didn't see because you wouldn't watch MSNBC because you don't like vomiting profusely. Um, So I want to play Chris Hayes. I'm sorry, Rachel Maddow, um, (laughs) who came in and said, listen, well, she, she's not wearing her glasses, so I can tell them apart this time. Uh, she said, look, I, we're, I, we, we might try to tell you, we'll give you like the Cliff Notes version of Donald Trump's speech, but we're not, we are not, we're not going to play it because we don't give you misinformation. All right, watch. Jeez. The projected winner of the Iowa caucuses um, has just started giving his victory speech. Uh, we will what keep an name? eye on that as it happens. Uh, we will let you what know if there's name, any news Rachel? made in that speech, if there's anything noteworthy, something substantive and important. Um, the reason I'm saying this uh-huh. is, mm. of course, there is a reason that we and other news organizations have generally stopped mm. giving an unfiltered live platform oh. to remarks by former President Trump. It is not there it is. It is not a decision that we relish. It is a decision that oh. we regularly <laughs> revisit. Um, and honestly, mm. earnestly, it is not an easy decision. Mm. But there mm. is a cost to us as a news organization of knowingly broadcasting untrue things. Uh, okay. Literally every night they broadcast untrue uh, every. things. Every. Literally every, every night they broadcast untrue things. Also claim to care about democracy <laughs> and are actively censoring a presidential candidate. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I believe untrue things with Rachel Maddow is a good name for the show. And she, <laughs> should, con- she should continue to do that, um, that vibe. I like it. Um, you're right. It's against democracy to not show one of the candidates yeah. and what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you want people to decide through democracy, you have to give them the information. Now, you might say, well, I've decided that they shouldn't get that information. Well, then you're running for office, mm-hmm. okay? Mm. Um, let him speak. Mm-hmm. Let people make up their minds. No one in your audience is going to have their mind changed by a Donald Trump speech. Don't you worry about it, Rachel. It's just silly, and it's more like preening, right? It's more of a, 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 a he, she's essentially trying to brag to her audience. Look how high and mighty we are. It's, yeah. it, is, it is pathetic, um, and it's... It's also, I just think, a terrible idea. It's even for them. Like, if you want Donald Trump to lose, probably the best thing you could do is have people have Donald Trump in their face more often. I think one of the reasons why he's been able to come back from polling lows after January 6th and after the 2022 election is because the the more you don't hear from him, the more you don't remember every little bit of, you know, there's some chaos involved with Trump. Some people don't like that. When, when all you're remembering is, hey, remember when food didn't cost $800 when I went to the grocery store? When that's your memory of Donald Trump, he does a lot better. If they really wanted to sink him, probably putting him on TV more often would be the way to do it. Right. Pat. I, I mean, we're not going to put lies on the broadcast, my anus. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. They're more likely to... Well, okay, I won't go down the anus road. Um, you already have twice. <laughs> But how long did they push the Russian collusion yeah. narrative? Uh, how long did they push mm-hmm. the insurrection BS mm-hmm. on January? They're still doing that mm-hmm. and still saying that five police officers were murdered by that crowd. 
I, uh, I mean, it's outrageous. It's outrageous. I, and to highlight that point, Pat, one of the things that they kept pointing to as a real problem here was in the entrance polls, 66% of uh, voters in the Republican primary believe that the, uh, the election was illegitimate. Don't, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Biden's election was illegitimate. However, if you go back, go back to, to 2017, 2017, 2017 yeah. yep. when all the Russia stuff was happening and Rachel Maddow, uh, Maddow herself was out there, <laughs> Okay, going crazy and saying Russia, 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 Russia. Seventy-two mm-hmm. percent of Democrats believe Donald Trump wasn't legitimate. Yeah, yeah. they were involved. And in they'll the still exact say same it stuff. now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, one more thing before we have to go to break. Um, this got me really excited. Uh, Stephen Miller retweeted a video from the president and said, "Well, former President Donald Trump, of course," and said, "The deportations will begin at noon." Inauguration Day. (laughs) Oh, my God, that is so base. You're speaking my language. Yes. Um, So I don't we don't need to play the clip. Go ahead. What we did hear that in 2016 as well. And I will say he Barack Obama wound up deporting more people. My parade. I I believe him. He did. I believe him. I did do. I feel like mm -hmm. he did do what he could on the wall. Yeah. Without Congress. Without congressional approval. Yeah. Yeah. He got hit for all these. Oh, the cages. The kids in cages and all this. So like he he was doing a lot. And look, Stephen Miller, I think, has real credentials when it comes uh, to to, uh, having long term belief in border security, um, whether you like him or not. Um, And I'm sure. Look, he'll be better than Joe Biden. I have absolutely no doubt. But it is important to note that like you know is his record on the border was mixed i would say with donald trump some of it was good but he there were things that he wanted to get done and he was unable to why do you he was vladimir unable putin? to why why do you love vladimir putin <laughs> what border do you think i'm talking to. about i i yes um because you a lot of this you have to have congress work with you um but i i just yeah. i'm sorry i just envisioned when i read that tweet i know. I, didn't I, just, I, I literally I envisioned like buses just like Pulling up tweet. and loading them in, and then just mm-hmm. shipping them back off across the border. And I gotta admit, it kind of turned me on. You, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you just hate brown people. That's your problem. I'm very you xenophobic. Hate, you are. You yeah. are, Ms. Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> Senorita Gonzalez. Okay. Uh, all right. We gotta take. We gotta take a break. We're we're running out of time. We gotta take a break. We'll be right back. Fulton County DA Fannie Willis, who, of course, uh, has been under scrutiny recently for her, no, improper funds being sent to her boy, her married boyfriend, who is now one of the attorneys on the Trump uh, investigation and is funneling in all of this cash and sending her, taking her on these lavish trips. Uh, She is, of course, blaming all of this scrutiny on, yes, race, because I just I, I want you guys to know. As a black woman, she does sometimes, I mean, people criticize her, she can sin, but mm-hmm. listen, she's flawed and imperfect, all right? She's tired of being treated cruelly. Mm. She's isolated, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna make you suffer through hearing it from her, watch. <laughs> and I hired one black man, another superstar, a great friend, and a great boy. Oh Lord, they gonna be mad when I call them out on this nonsense. Is this Jasmine Crockett? First thing they say, oh she gonna play the race card now. But no God, isn't it them who's playing the race card when they only question one? Isn't it them playing the race card when they constantly 
someone from some other jurisdiction in some other state to tell me how to do a job I've been doing almost 30 years. She should get Wow. I don't think you have been doing a good job for 30 years. Wow. <laughs> I actually think that this is the result of a DEI initiative because you don't seem to uh, be very good at your job. You seem to be uh, very corrupt. And uh, specifically the uh, case against Donald Trump as a whole. So fascinating that, uh, listen, you guys are going to be shocked to hear that black woman s exclaims that she is targeted because she is black and not, uh, and not accepting responsibility for her actions. It's a surprising turn yeah. in mm -hmm. this story. And like she even addresses it there like, oh, I hired a, a, a superstar who happens to be a good friend. Well, that's not the accusation at all. The accusation <laughs> right. is you've been sleeping with this right. person uh, who is married. Yeah. This came up in their divorce hearing. And mm -hmm. also the mm -hmm. fact that you paid him $650,000 and a, what, 60% higher rate than the, the guy who wrote the legislation that you're working off of. That sounds like corruption. That has nothing to do with you being black. I don't whoa, know if the person whoa. you're sleeping with is black or not. Whoa, that's racist. It, how? Yeah. I'm saying the opposite of what you're saying. I'm <laughs> saying it's not about skin color. It's about your merit. No, and it is. is over, we all yeah. know if this is a white woman who had slept with a white <laughs> man mm -hmm. and gave him $654,000, nobody him would say a thing about it. We'd all be fine. Right. That's great. Right. She just chose the right guy. Who she's supposed to f <laughs> hire? Somebody from another district in another state? No. It's because she's black. I'm glad she noticed. It's so laughable, and it's like oh, it's, it's so like it's the same excuse over and over and over again. And like it's supposed to be this weird immunity card. Like mm -hmm. you just get out of jail free yeah. for all of your bad actions if you bring this up. I think people stopped falling for that a long time ago. I hope so. I hope that's true. Look, she. Yeah, the other part about this, which is sort of insulting, is like she's acting like the victim here for whatever reason, whatever excuse she's using. When she's the one that launched a massively corrupt attack yeah. against our democracy, she's the one who, who's doing this. When there's multiple other cases covering the same exact ground, she's the one that inserted herself into the biggest story in America against a guy who occasionally has been known to be a little, uh, has some followers who are a little angry at times about things. Uh, generally speaking, this is kind of like, what did you think was going to happen? That everyone was going to mm -hmm. just ignore all the crap you're doing on the side? Like, they're mm -hmm. not going to ignore that. Mm -hmm. They're going to notice. They're going to call you out on it. You're going to have to deal with it if you want to get in the middle of something like this. Yeah, you know, I was having a conversation um, earlier today, and I was we were talking about how the Democrats, just without fail, always will accuse you of what they are guilty of. Every so they, they are the party of projection at yeah. this point. So they are accusing you of looking at race and uh, you know targeting her because she's black, because that's literally all they think of you. Mm -hmm. You are you are a white evangelical, so you are evil, right? Every single time, without fail, they're projecting either their current actions or the actions they intend on taking later on down the road. Just like when they accused Donald Trump of uh, interfering in the presidential election in 2020 because he had a phone call with Vladimir Zelensky in which he said he wanted to root out corruption. 
And that was like, whoa, 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 we can't have that. Let's impeach the bastard over it. And now they're like, um, you know, we should probably throw Joe Biden's biggest political opponent in prison. You know, it's only right for democracy. <laughs> it's just fascinating to me how much these people project what they're doing and try to make it sound like that that's what you're doing. And it's like, but there's literally no evidence and you think you're going to get away with it. And unfortunately, in some cases, I do wonder if they will because they've weaponized the judicial system so much against us. Yeah, they've used you know, weaponized it to take out their opponents. It's this, it's this brand of democracy where only one checkbox appears on the ballot. And it's like, that's not democracy. <laughs> that's like well, they might Saddam Hussein-style no, democracy. No, they might have two. It might be Joe Biden and then Joe Biden. Okay, mm. yeah, and you just so get to pick be, which Biden you want? Yeah. All right, I, I could see that as a possibility. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, they, they keep doing this, and, like, they wonder, well, you know, why people don't take them seriously. I, I just, I, I listen to the coverage of this. I try to listen to as much of the crappy mainstream media coverage as possible to bring it to people so they don't have to watch it. And I'm fascinated by the fact that they don't even bring this up. Like, when we talk about, hey, like, they're saying they want to stop, they want to help democracy, yet their answer to that is to take somebody off the ballot— that's such an obvious argument that, like, every time they address it, they should have to say, by the way, we don't think that's a valid argument because X, Y, and Z. Right. They don't even address it. And their mm-hmm. followers don't ask the question. They, they don't say, well, think. wait a minute. Are we the baddies here? Huh. We seem to be the ones who are trying to take people off the ballot. Aren't we the ones? We, we're trying to put our opponents in prison. Are we the ones who are opposing democracy? There's never that moment of yeah. introspection. It's fascinating. Yeah, Pat. Well, they're... Uh, they've got all the intelligence of a bathroom bowl brush. Well, that's too much credit. They've got about half the intelligence okay. of a bathroom bowl brush. Mm. So it's not surprising to see him do this. And the hypocrisy is staggering. Staggering. But, you know, hopefully it's not going to pay off in the end. I, I think and I hope that the American people, the voting populace, is over this by now. Yeah. I really hope so. I do too. Because another term of Joe Biden's going to kill us. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, we got to uh, take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, we talk about AI a lot um, and technology, and typically it is very scary to me and terrifying, but I got to tell you, after this latest uh, Tesla robot um, that I saw, I think I'm all in. I want to play this Tesla's uh, Optimus that's it's literally doing your laundry. <laughs> so here amazing. he is. It really is. Uh, he's got the table right there that he's laying the laundry down on. It's kind of slow, though. He, I mean, you that know, work at my house. I am not that yeah. slow. I will say I am much quicker. Yeah. But he could just be doing it while I'm at work. And if he's doing it slowly while I'm at work. And he'd have two items of clothing folded by the time you got back home. <laughs> Listen, Pat, the technology is not <laughs> is perfect cool. yet, okay, no, it's, but it's, it's cool. there. You're right. Um, so that is Tesla Optimus. And apparently uh, Elon Musk noted about this. Optimus cannot yet do this autonomously, but certainly will be able to do this fully autonomously and in an arbitrary environment that mm. won't require uh, a fixed table with a box that only has one shirt. So. <laughs> I will say, he takes a, a few liberties with the uh, capabilities of Optimus. Uh, mm-hmm. The first time they introduced it, he literally came, there was an actress that came out in a costume, a robot costume dancing. <laughs> that was how they first introduced it. Uh, it is a little, he pushes it. I just yeah. got through that Elon Musk book where they went through that whole story and like, 
you know, he, he, this is what he does all the time. He's always like, uh, we're going to have this done by this date. He's Glenn Beck in that way. Yeah. You're going to have this done by this date. And everyone's like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. No, we're not. And then yeah. sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. That's, mm-hmm. just the, the, that's the Glenn Beck way. It's the Elon Musk way. Mm-hmm. Glenn seems to be nicer to people after, after <laughs> it doesn't happen. But that's about the difference. <laughs> I mean, I, but I just like, did you ever think that we would be living at a time where we would even be talking about having robots no. like that? No. My wife would sign on for that clothes folding. Dude, I'm telling you. Like, oh my God. Honestly, I will I will do the physical act of putting the laundry in the washer and the dryer all day, and I don't I cannot be bothered to fold them. You're entirely Lisa. This is the I've had this conversation with my wife a oh, hundred times. I'm like, it's I, the worst. I actually kind of like folding clothes. I don't know. There's oh, something satisfying about all the creases no. and like making it look all nice. And oh. I don't know. There's something in my it soothes my mm. brain in some weird way. I'm like, I'll fold it. I just don't want to actually do it. So mm-hmm. Really? That's, so that works out. That's how that's how a marriage works. I don't want to fold them. I don't want to hang them. Mm-hmm. Me neither. I will let them pile up oh, yeah. as long as I possibly can, and then I'll get around to folding them. Okay, but what? How do you, do you fold your sheets? Are you someone who like your sheets are nicely folded? Because mine are just wadded. Yeah, I don't care. They're gonna be. It wouldn't matter if they're wrinkled. They're undercovers. Yeah. You're never gonna notice them. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the the only thing I do I will say I have to do with the bed stuff is uh, she used to buy stuff with duvets. Uh huh. And so I found a some Russian guy with a YouTube video of how to do this in like some crazy like it, like MacGyver way. <laughs> And every time I'd have to do it, I'd watch it, and I'd have to, and you'd replicate it. It would take like thirty seconds. It was so easy. Really? Put the cover on. Oh, it was amazing. you got to find it. It's got Russian guy duvet cover. Just <laughs> Google that right now. You'll watch it. It's incredible. It's life changing. It is. I'm saying it's it's a literally an important part of my life. Could a Tesla robot pull it off? No, or, no. no. Only Russian people. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Well, Optimus might be able to pull it off later when he gets more advanced. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, look, listen, Pat, the robots probably are eventually going to kill us. Yeah. But we could have a good few solid years where they are yeah. actually very helpful. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it could happen. First, stupid. And, and Musk <laughs> says that uh, they're going to be really good at tedious, menial tasks like that. And that would be, you know, if it can free up humans oh. from tediousness, I'm in. My housekeeper is fire. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Yami. You're not fired. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I first I said I let's not do this. I don't. I don't want to. Um, you know, the I'm trying not to alert people's a l e x a's if they have them oh, in their right. homes. You know, and then I was just like, we never bought one. We did, uh, my husband won one in a drawing for some meeting convention thing that he went to. And we're like, well, now we have it. I guess we'll use it. So it is really convenient. But I do unplug it whenever we're not using it because I can't get over, like, I mean, they are listening. So I do unplug it. Um, but it is nice for whenever my children want to listen to music and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, look, so the future's convenient. bright. We're all going to die at the end of it, but that's the end of it. <laughs> we're not even going to know it's coming, probably. That's a great point. You know? It's going to be great until then. And when it does happen, we will be like, we'll be fed, we'll be bathed, we'll be clothed by robots. So yeah. it'll be a really nice, mm-hmm. fat, gluttonous life until then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. We will all die, but all our clothes will be perfectly folded. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I'm sorry, I just needed a minute to compose myself. Um, we did talk about Asa Hutchinson uh, earlier and the impressive 0.2% of the vote that he received in Iowa. And um, 
I regret to inform you guys that Asa Hutchinson has dropped out of lost the him. presidential. What? Primary. We lost him. He was just losing. getting momentum. Right? He was going to take that 0.2% and he was going to springboard himself into New Hampshire. I could feel it. I could feel it. We were so close. And now he's gone. This he's is gone. devastating. <laughs> it um, is, you know, isn't it? I mean, if you think about it, he's at 0.2%. He started at 0%, and he yeah. got to 0.2%. <laughs> that means he could be up to, what, 0.4% could be at in New four. Hampshire. And at that rate, uh, yeah, by the by end, 2096, he might actually come in uh, third or fourth yeah, in a nomination possible. process. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go too far, and I'm yeah, not going to overstate okay, it. Like, but. Sixth or seventh-ish. It's so. This is legitimately sad for this guy. You know, with his announcement, did you see the announcement they had that said, uh, Asa Hutchison has dropped out. He's currently driving home to Arkansas. <laughs> he can't so even so afford air. He's just Aww. driving his car by himself. <laughs> and I will point out, it moves bigly up. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.